Good morning and welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist. I'm glad you could be with me this morning. We're continuing on in our study of Job and uh, we had left off last week in chapter 37. So we're going to we're going to look now at chapter 30. I mean we left off in chapter 36. Did I say 37? And we're, so we're going to look at chapter 37 and 38 uh, to get us up to speed uh, for chapter 40 where our verses come from today. So last week Job was making some, um, you know, Job had been, I'll say Job had been making some complaints, I guess, about God. In chapter 30, verse 20, um, you know, he says, I cry out to you for help, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you turn your attention against me. You have become cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me up to the wind and cause me to ride, and you dissolve me in a storm. For I know that you will bring me to death and to the house of meeting for all living. So, you know, Job has has talked to his friends about his integrity. He continued to do that. And also, he has cried out to God, Why won't you, you know, vindicate me? Because I know that I'm innocent. And, you know, are you listening? Have you abandoned me? You know, things like that along that line. And that's what he was saying here. You know, you've you've turned your back on me, basically. So he's saying these things. He's not cursed God like his wife had suggested uh, to say that God, you know, was was bad or something. But he just feel feels at this point abandoned by God. <clears throat> and so then the friend Elihu, you know, began to speak. And Elihu um, was the young one that said a lot of things um, and talked about the attributes of God, but also about how uh, Job must have done something wrong. And so then we get to chapter 37, and 37, Elihu is still speaking. And he said, you know, he talks about how God is in the midst of the storm or in the back of the storm, you know, causing things to happen. He, uh, you know, he, his lightning, he causes the lightning to spread. His, his voice is the rumble of thunder. Um, and it goes on like that. He blows his breath and the north wind comes and brings snow and ice and those kinds of things. So Elihu is, you know, giving, I guess, um, actions of God or things in the way that God controls nature. And then um, after after Elihu uh, gets to the end of his section, so that's in 37, at the end of that, um, Elihu says, the, uh, the Almighty, we cannot find him. He is exalted in power and he will, I'm sorry, he will not do violence to justice and abandon righteousness. So again, that same theme. 
Therefore, men fear him. He does not regard any who are wise of heart. Okay, so now in 38, a new thing happens. God speaks. So up to now, it's been Job and the friends back and forth. But now God speaks. And and the Lord uh, answered Job out of the whirlwind, it says. And God begins to speak to Job in what I'll call rhetorical questions. Um, questions that maybe are reminding Job of who God is and how, you know, Job doesn't even really need to be questioning him on the things that have happened. Um, because he says... Um, who you know? Who set the measurements of the sea? Uh, when I put boundaries on it, I said you can come this far, but no further. Uh, here, your waves will stop. And he talks about um, he controls the lightning bolts, the thunder, the rain, the frost. You know, he names the stars that he, you know, he says, can you do, can you bind the chains of, of uh, Orion or um, can you bring forth a constellation into the sky? So many things, you know, like that in nature that God controls. He goes on in chapter 39 to speak about uh, the the animals and talking about do you know who causes the the um, mountain goats to give birth um, the ostrich did you are you the one that caused her to abandon her egg and not pay any attention to it uh, who made her so fast that she can you know laugh at the horse and his rider it says um, the the horse do you um are you the one that gave him his strength you know do you do are you the one that makes him to go out and fight in the war you know with men um are you the one that gave the hawk understanding so that he can see his prey and fly down and get it so these are rhetorical questions because the answer from Job is obviously not required because God knows and Job knows that God is the one who's done all of these things. Job has no power to do those things. And so um, then we get to our text for today. And so Job once God has said all of these things, all of these rhetorical questions and things that he talks about, then um, the last bit of what God says there, it comes as our first two verses. So I'm going to read in chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to get started with our lesson. Then the Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. So that's what he was saying 
with all of those rhetorical questions. You know, are you the powerful one? You know, are you the one that can find fault with God or say that God has done something that he shouldn't have done? Because, you know, Job had, he was frustrated and he did feel like he had been unjustly um, persecuted or abandoned by God. And so he was, I guess you might say he was finding fault with the choices that God had made or with the actions of God. And so, you know, this is the creation in trying to instruct the creator when that happens, isn't it? And, you know, we can see that maybe in a in a very small way, you know, if we have a little, uh, let's say we have a little dog we're trying to train, and then he becomes stubborn and doesn't want to do what we say. Though we did not create the dog, but, you know, we are the master, and he's so small that, uh, you know, we could squish him if we wanted to. But in his mind, you know, he's he's thinking that uh, he knows more than us sometimes. So, you know, it, it kind of maybe gives us an earthly idea of a heavenly picture there. And don't you think that's probably the way God looks at us, you know, when we start to complain about our lot in life or the things that God has done or we wish God had done it differently because we we don't understand, you know, particularly if we begin to say God did the wrong thing, he's not working it out the way it should have, then you, you can see how insignificant we are in thinking that way when God is the Almighty who is all-powerful and knows all and uh, knows the big picture. So let's go on then to the next three verses, starting in verse 3 to verse 5. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am insignificant. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Once I have spoken, and I will not answer, even twice, and I will add nothing more. So what Job is saying is he's recognizing that he is insignificant in this process. And he says, you know, I don't have a reply for you, God, on the things you said. And he says, I lay my hand on my mouth. So in other words, I'm covering my mouth. He said, I spoke once, and I even spoke twice uh, and said things already. And so I'm not going to say anything else. So Job is silent then uh, before God. He's, he's, he's not going to try to prove his case or argue with God. He, is, he has accepted that God, the things that God has said about himself are true and that Job really has no recourse to speak of. And so from that then, the Lord answers back up to Job. And this is verses 6 to 9 then. Let's read that. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm in your book, it says out of the whirlwind, or like a, I guess like a tornado, maybe, and said, 
Now gird up your loins like a man. I will ask you, and you instruct me. Will you really annul my judgment? Will you condemn me that you may be justified? Or do you have an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? So, again, you know, God is showing that he is the one that's powerful. And where he says, do you have an arm like God? You know, this, the, um, the hand or the arm, that was a symbol of power in the Bible. Uh, when it's spoken of, his arm is not too long or too short, you know, or whatever. Um, it's a, a symbol of God's power. So God is saying, uh, where he says, do you have an arm like God? What he really means is, are you as powerful as me? And when he says, can you thunder with a voice like his? You know, can you cause thunder to happen? <laughs> can you send out the lightning bolts? So again, are you as powerful as me? And then, of course, I, I kind of like the part where he says, now gird up your loins like a man. You know, so basically, sort of like, you know, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you some things, you know. Um, and then he says, I will, in verse 7, God says, I will ask you and you instruct me. So he's saying that in a way that, you know, anybody that with, you know, that's smart would know, no, I, I really probably should not instruct God. I have no, no instructions to give God, you know, and Job has already said that, that I'm insignificant. I have no instruction to give God. Um, and then, you know, he, he says, will you condemn me that you may be justified, you know, to, to try to prove his innocence. You know, Job did some complaining about the, um, the things that God had done or allowed to happen. And so, you know, it, God is really letting Job know that, hey, I am in charge. I am in control. Now, um, in verses 10 to 10 to 14, God is continuing to question Job or speak to Job. Adorn yourself with eminence and dignity <clears throat> and clothe yourself with honor and majesty. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and make him low. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him and tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them in the dust together. Bind them in the hidden place. Let's see. And then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. Okay, so Again, God is speaking of his own attributes and saying, you know, I'm adorned with eminence and dignity, honor and majesty. The overflowing of my anger, um, you know, causes things to happen. I look on the proud and make them low and, and make them humble, bring them down and tread on the wicked and bind them in the hidden place. 
So God has the power, you know, to make things the way he wants them to happen. And so then he, you know, what he's saying to Job is, um, if you can do all these things, then I'll confess to you that your own right hand can save you. And we know our hands cannot save us from anything, hardly. I mean, no matter how powerful we may feel, if we build, go to the bodybuilding gym every day and become very strong, the strongest man in the world, and um, have all the weapons available, you know, in the world, even if we were, even if we did all of those things, we are insignificant to the power of God. You know, one man who is that strong with all the weapons, God can wipe him out and his weapons with a, a tornado or a hurricane like what we saw this week, you know, something that where God has power, earthquakes and volcanoes and whatever, to command authority over all of the rest of us. And our right hand or our strong arm cannot save us from anything. We are, um, we must recognize the uh, strength of God and the importance, you know, that he brings. So the thing that that's kind of where our lesson ends today now if you go on from there and you you read um from 15 on down it's a very interesting part where god is describing creatures and one of the creatures that he describes here is a it almost sounds like a a dragon you know with he sneezes out uh fire and from his mouth comes out flames and and things like that it's pretty interesting to read that part but anyway the point of our lesson today i think is that god was saying to job you know he is in control of job's situation he has he is using it for his purpose and he has the power to make it what he wants it to be. And for us, you know, when we have a, something bad happen in our lives, cancer or, you know, other tragedies, a child is killed or something like that, you know, it's very hard then to say, oh, well, you know, God is in control. I don't care about this. You know, it's hard to say that. That's not our human nature, is it? But at the same time, we, you know, it can be a comfort to us if we will think of it. That God is at work even when we don't know what the work is that he's doing. And he works, what does it say in Romans eight twenty eight? He works all things together for God good to, for those who love him and so we have to trust God that he is in control in our lives so I think that can be our takeaway from the lesson 
today and then um, we're going to begin next week on uh, chapter 42 but do do go and read the part about the uh, the dragon that, that's pretty awesome